This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. So thanks for tuning in, watching or listening. Uh, if you're on YouTube or you're on the podcast listening, you're all very, very welcome uh, this week to discuss all the latest from the Mazuma. And there is plenty to discuss, as usual. Uh, we have a res- representative from uh, the room at the top. And this week, the short straw has been drawn, drawn by uh, the ever-standing James Wakefield. James, thanks for coming on. Cheers, please. Nice to see you. Uh, and from the dressing room, we have a centre-back who's waited very patiently in the in the wings, but has now taken his opportunity, grabbed it with both legs, not both hands, because that would be a keeper, wouldn't it? So uh, it's the multi-experience, Chris Stokes. Chris, thanks for joining us. Nice to join you. Uh, so where do we start? As usual, we always talk about last Saturday's game first. So um, I'll start, Joel, by saying... Um, not, not the performance that we expected and maybe not the result that we wanted, but sometimes you have to give the opposition a bit of credit. And I thought the Cowley brothers definitely had to create a little bit of bounce there because they worked incredibly hard for 98 minutes, didn't they? Yeah, I, mem- I remember after the game seeing a few people saying, oh, Coldrester, they're a really limited side, it's such not a great side. But I, I didn't think that. I thought it felt a little bit like we caught them at that funny little time where... They've obviously had a couple of games under the Cowleys, but and prior to that, they were playing. You know, they had they were trying. I think they were trying to play on the deck a bit more. They had Ben Garner in charge, and then they've had Matthew Etherington come in and stuff. So they've kind of had that funny transition period where we know they're going to end up transitioning to that more kind of direct Danny Cowley side, but you don't know how much they're going to try and move it along delicately. Are they just going to? You know, I think they had a couple of weeks off, so like, are they just going to? get them playing it this week. So it's it's that kind of little funny funny time when you're not quite sure what what kind of culture to decide you're going to get. And I think as we saw on Saturday, it was much more that kind of Cowley style, you know, very, very high energy. Uh, in your face. In your face, not really giving us much time to rest. Pretty, not just lumping it, but pretty direct when they get the ball moving going forward, making sure they're trying to, you know, get the dangerous players in good positions and isolated positions. I, I thought the left winger did really, really well. Of course, oh, there's yeah. quite a lot of problems down that side. And yeah, it made it difficult for us. And had a few chances in the first half. But but despite that, I don't think they, bar, bar a bit of a flurry, maybe 15, 20 minutes in or so, I don't think they had loads of clear-cut chances but they were definitely on top, and then the goal they've got—you know—it's never a free kick. It's quite—it's a pretty obvious dive, but it is what it is. And overall, I can't really begrudge them the goal because it's a fantastic free kick, and I think quite probably on, on, on balance of play, they probably did deserve to be ahead. Yeah. Second half, they fall back a bit. We've pushed and pushed, and you know we've we've got a penalty. Jake Taylor's done really, really well to kind of take the ball down and knock it past his man to win that penalty, but. You know. I don't think that was. I'm sticking my head out here and saying I don't think it was a free kick, and I didn't really think that was a penalty, but I'd take it. So I think 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, look, I think Jake Taylor knew what he was trying to do, but I think he did yeah. get, he, he did, I think there was probably contact from what I can see, but I think at the same, he probably knew what he was doing, but yeah, and then obviously that's not going nice in. Yeah, that's right. No, nah, well, there's, there's contact, isn't it? It's just knowing where to try and tease the contact out, and you thought, I thought he did yeah. that very well, but. Uh, Alan Shearer would say he's entitled to go down, wouldn't he? Yeah, that? he was entitled. Yeah. To it's a smart touch, just popping it around the player. But uh, yeah, and then obviously penalty gets missed, and we've battled. We've had a couple of decent chances. We've had some threatening moments, but you know, fair play, culture. So they've dug in. They've made it hard to break them down. And yeah, a bit of a tough one. Really, it felt like we. I don't know. Maybe they just caught us off guard a little bit with how intense they were going to be. Maybe, and that kind of been a bit of a change to how they played all season. So. Yeah, it was a tricky game, but it is what it is. Move on and hopefully a bit more luck in, in, in the next few games coming, really. So here, here I come with here I come with my usual mitigating factors. <laughs> uh, October the 7th, we went to Colchester. We won 3-1. Uh, Conley got sent off uh, after just over half an hour. So we played an hour with 10 men and we won 3-1. Uh, how many people from October the seventh were in the starting lineup on Saturday? I wasn't two or something like that. Two, two. Jacob Beddo and Jordan Slew. Because obviously, since then, Stuart Moore, uh, JJ McKinnon, Adam Mayer, and uh, Donald Love all out injured and. The other four loanees have all gone back. So we had two. They had, they had... Blue played less yeah. than half that match because he had to take uh, Bloxham and Slew off to change yeah. the formation yeah. quite early on. So we one and a half, actually. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's, that's you know, and uh, the interesting thing, before I come to James and Chris, is I bumped into somebody. I, I, meet, I meet people in the greatest of places. We were at, at the Tills at Aldi <laughs> today. And I met a fan who said, I wasn't there last Saturday. And I said, all right, yeah, yeah, it was probably a good one to miss. And he went, but I did watch the English Football League highlights on ITV and they showed their free kick and our four big chances, i.e. the penalty, Fazzy's header, Beddoe's header and the Brandon Barker sort of uh, left foot volley at the back post. And he said, we never, we never have four chances on English Football League highlights. And I went... To be fair, they were all decent chances in the second half, James, and it wouldn't have taken much if, if uh, I mean, I felt sorry. I, I, I say this now, I felt sorry for Jed Garner for the simple fact um, he looked he looked short of confidence, like he was desperate for a goal, and that's why he wanted to take the penalty. But unfortunately, it didn't come off for him. And uh, looking at him before he was taking it, he was he had the ball in his hands. And he was looking at their keeper. Charlie Charlie had given him the ball and he was looking at their keeper and he was blowing like that. And I just said, turn around to everybody and I went, he doesn't look confident, does he? And he didn't. And I, and I felt really sorry for the lad. But he wanted to take it and he's got the guts to take it, but the keeper saved it. But to me, and this is only my opinion, it came back out and he didn't really react because I think he was so crestfallen at having it saved he couldn't switch his feet to actually put the rebound in. So it, it was a tricky game all round, James, but they did a job on us. Uh, some of their, their quality-style dark arts was was comedy genius, wasn't it? Yeah, everybody's dark arts is, is, is oh, dark yeah. arts. You would yeah. go away from home and you, you really need a win. Everybody, everybody's going to play like that. And 
um, until they make it impossible um, under the rules of the game. That's just, that's just that's just the way the game is designed. Thought they deserved our goal in the first half. It was a great goal that they scored. But they deserved our goal. We deserved at least our goal in the second half and probably two. Um, but to be fair, we rode our luck on one or two occasions the week before at NK and came away with a win. So it's just football. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a bad performance. The second half was much much better than the first. It was, yeah. And, yeah, and we created some cracking chances in, in that half of football. Um, not, with, not, with, not not including the penalty. Actually, we just created lots of good chances. So that's just the game of football. You, you score you, you score two two one week and none the next week, and you know that's, that's the way it is. And and Chris, I'm I'm not expecting to be come to you and be contentious, but if we'd have scored that penalty, I feel that there was only going to be one team go on and win it. Do you agree? Yeah, so goals always change the balance of games, don't they? So it's different when you're at home. If you get a goal back into that game straight after halftime, as as it was, it's probably what two minutes after halftime. So it's a great time to score. You go back out there with the, the intent of scoring a goal. You don't you expect to score straight away, but say we got the penalty and then. You say you're hoping it goes in, but say touching on that, say as we as was walking up, I don't know if you actually noticed at the time. I walked up to it because we didn't actually have a set penalty taker at that time, which has changed. Obviously, Mellon's gone back and yeah. wanted to have the penalty. But I've always, every team I've been at, your number nine takes the penalties. You want your number nine scoring the goals, and yeah. so Jed has scored one. So Charlie was actually saying to me, "I, I want to take it," but it was. I think Jed. I was waiting to see if Jed wanted to take it, and say Jed picked the ball up and it was looking like he wanted to take it. So. I said to Charlie, just let him have it because you want your striker. So if he had a yeah. scored, you you get your striker full of confidence. But say, I think Jed's a confident guy. I actually drive in with him every day. Me, Charlie, and himself driving every day with each other. So we got on yeah. like a house on fire. And he's actually a, good, a very confident lad. So I think he'd be absolutely fine with that miss. And he'd kick on from hopefully get a goal on Saturday night. Gives him the world of confidence that he needs. I, I sincerely hope so because, like I say, I did have a lot of sympathy with him because I'm just like he just he looks like he needs a goal. And yeah. obviously we. You know, you know he's, he's come from Barrow and the Barrovians have not been kind about his performance there. But I think there's a player in there, definitely. Yeah, he's a bit he suits our sort of mould of hard working, can play on the sort of the counter-attack and hold the ball up for us. But say, I think on Saturday, he was a bit, especially in the first half, he was very isolated. And if you're getting balls up and around your neck, regardless if you've got people near you, it's an hard work. And most centre-halves in this league are busy, big and physical, so... I think he needs a lot of better service and we, we try to do that second half, try to get bodies in there enough around him. And you probably see from say the the say the um the penalty you got Jake Taylor getting in around around the box to win the penalty. That's what we it's probably in the first half. Everyone was sat way too deep and the balls are going forward and there's there's no one you know, probably in a touch in their box, letting alone create this opportunity. So say second half we try to have a little go, but say sometimes they say the ball doesn't go on the net. We had a few little say the, the chances that you've you've touched on there. We we had the chances, but so it wasn't our day to get back into the game. And, and and to continue putting a positive spin on it, I'll come back to what James said, in fact, that nobody expected us to get anything at MK Dons because they're our bogey team. But mm-hmm. we were expected to beat Colchester at home. So we've still ended up with the same number of points when it comes down to it, hasn't it? Yeah, it's just always frustrating. So when you come the back off of a win, you especially when you go into a home game as well, you, you bounce in full into it thinking, right, we've got Colchester. Not being say no disrespect to them, they're obviously down in the bottom half of the table. And you're thinking, right, three points here, and you look into the next one, and you keep you bounce, you roll on. But say we've had a little setback there, but say we've shown the MK Dons that we can go away from home and get three points, so we need to do that on Saturday. Well, that's a beautiful segue for us to discuss. Obviously, the two upcoming away games. Obviously, we've got Creepy Crawley on Saturday. <laughs> uh, Crawley is a bit of a strange place for us. We've had some good results there, and we've had some 
pathetic results there. The season we got promoted, we got done 4 0. We were, four, I think, we were 0 0 at half time. And uh, we got done 4 0, James. You remember that one? That was, uh, we were, it was nip and tuck. And their, their press was saying, oh, you were Max, Max Waters just doing a job on us. Yes. Max Waters. He came in at half time and it was his first Destroyed game us. for them. And yeah, he just took us apart, didn't he? Yeah, I think I think they got seven figures on the back of that performance alone. Yeah, quite <laughs> yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, and fair play to them. But Crawley uh, again, uh, uh, nice people. Uh, they're always very welcoming down there. Um, they're they're always they always forget they never forget their roots coming back from the Southern League and and what have you, which is always nice. Um, and they've got a not dissimilar record to us. Obviously, a couple of points ahead of us. Currently, sort of twelve, one twelve drawn three, lost twelve. They're minus two, we're minus four. So there's not going to be a right lot between us, Joel. And uh, we've got an old boy there, Adam Campbell, who's who's making a bit of a comeback in his career there as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I think a lot of people are probably pretty nailed on to go down, really, at the start of the season. Obviously, with a bit of their, with their ownership stuff, it was, a, it was a bit of a weird model, and they ended up signing a lot of non-league players who people didn't necessarily think very much of but obviously yeah they've, they've been a bit they've probably been one of the shocks of the season really I know they've kind of that really electric starts kind of cooled off in the last couple of months but you know considering basically everybody had them down as their safe bet for a for a relegation then you know you've got to say fair play to them it looks like they're, you know, they're creating a bit but they're conceding a bit at the other end uh, yeah Adam Campbell it looked like he was kind of wrapping up his kind of pro career just kind of going full time back at yeah, back up where he's from in in the northeast, but yeah, made a bit of a comeback in the football league, hasn't he? So, and you know, we you know, I know it didn't quite work out for him when he was with us, but we do know he's a ta- he's a talented player. He always causes a lot of trouble when he was uh when he was yeah, in not Notts County, yeah. So, you know, they've got good talented players going forward, but as we see, you know, that there are ways that we can get them get them uh, uh their defense and stuff, and we've got you know good players to do that. Hopefully, Gwyn Edwards is back, Brandon Barker. You know, building him up to fitness, I'm, I think that'll be really important. Uh, so yeah, we've got a, a squad full of good players. Hopefully, we get people like Joel Senior back because I thought he was a big miss at the weekend. I think the way the way he's able to kind of uh, be, kind of beat that first line of pressure in, with it with his dribbling, it's it's really important. Yeah. And, you know, he's great at kind of beating his man like again, yeah, coaxing that kind of winger out, getting around him, and then being able to drive the ball in the midfield. So hopefully, we've got a few more players back because, like you said, you know we. I think any any criticism of our, our form over the past couple of months, it's got to be caveated with you know the fact that we've we've lost a lot of you know a lot of really good players, people like Mellon, King, Bloxham, and uh, and stuff. And I know we've brought new people in, but it's going to take a little bit of time to gel. But we've seen you know some good signs already, and I'm, I'm sure once we kind of get everybody back in the side, you know, we'll, we'll be looking pretty good. And uh, James, uh, 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 presumably not the easiest game to get to for you, but damn sight easier than it is for us. <laughs> it is the easiest game to get to for me. It's ten miles down the road. I don't, I don't even need to go on an A road. It's like con- country roads to all the way to Crawley Stadium. Um, so it's the easiest game to get to for me. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. Like there's a clutch of teams in the middle, and um, Crawley's towards the top of that. All sort of just 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 behind, and then we're in the same same group. We've all played the same number of games. Um, I don't believe in this, but if you were to care about form, then Crawley's away form is better than the home form. And recently, our away form is better than our home form. Um, and it won't be a draw because they've not drawn a drawn a game for like 12 or 13 or 14 games or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but so, I, I think, yeah. 
a good competitive game and there's absolutely no reason to why we can't go and win it. Um, and um, and ho hopefully we'll have a, we'll have a decent contingent of fans there to see it too. So the next two two games, Chris, obviously we, we visit Walsall on, on Tuesday night after the, the visit to Crawley. Um, I, I think the, the best thing I can say about all the teams that are in that little cabal is that we, we are, including us, we are consistently inconsistent at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, we found that recently. I say our form's been very indifferent to the start of the season, especially. It's been so you've spoken about there yourselves. It's we've changed a lot of players, we've changed manager, we've changed. We've got new players coming in the building, and it's quite it's constantly rotating. We've not actually settled yet. See Guion come into the team, he's then gone out of the team, and see Kay come into the team, and see Joel's gone out, and it's like you see you constantly fight. I think the manager's constantly fighting about of trying to put people in but trying to get a settled team because that's when you sort of find your best sort of form and I think that's what Derek found he had his set 11 and he he rolled with it and that's when we, we found our best form because when you've got a settled side and you've got partnerships and you know each other's games and stuff like that football comes a lot easier so at the moment we're trying to say we're, we're trying to do that we're trying to find people to the boys that have come in we're trying to get them into the team get them so it's getting their map sharpness as well because you think like so Guion's not played I see not played for what eight months Joe Adams is—he's not played a professional game. He only played what three professional games now. I've seen Caden's the same. I think he's played what two professional games now. So it's like you—you're trying to get these boys up the speed of League Two football, and it's—and it's obviously as well as us is trying to find what they're like as players. So that's the battle we're trying to face at the moment. And say it, hopefully it comes sooner rather than later because we—we want to get back up in the positions that we were at the start of the season. Yeah, and I think um, like you say for Jed. Uh, it, it's been a, a game of uh, Chinese patience, hasn't it? Because he's had to swap his swap his starting lineup through injuries, suspensions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, we we saw against Mansfield the right hand side, particularly Joel Senior and Quinn Edwards had this almost telepathic understanding straight away. Yeah, uh, and we caused Mansfield enormous amount of problems, and they looked, we, they were permanent on the back foot for most of the game because they they just couldn't cope with them. But obviously we've <laughs> We've not had them two playing, uh, you know, uh, since since then together. So it, it's one of those where I, I think it's a fair point to make in the fact that we can finally establish some sort of um, rhythm. And I, I, do, I suppose you do get in a rhythm. Um, and obviously this is starting at, at Crawley on Saturday. Uh, what's the injury situation like, Chris, with the, with those chaps? It's actually looking quite good as we speak right now. So we've obviously got two more trainers. <laughs> So fingers crossed we get through them unscathed, but the boys are looking, so they're slowly getting back into training. They've been pushed into training this week and we should be looking very good for training tomorrow. So I don't want to speak too soon, but hopefully all them boys that we've spoke about will be involved on Saturday when we can actually go into Saturday with a bit of a full strength team and say we should be fully prepared, ready to go for that one. So that's the, say, like I said about Guion there, I think he suits Joel as well because Joel likes playing on the outside. Guion's going to come in on the inside. So I think that's yeah. why then straight away because you've got Guion who likes coming in them pockets in the holes and it leaves Joel that space to so say we've so you you've touched on there before with Joel likes to drive into midfield and he's very good at take beating a man so it, that sort of helps his game because he's got someone who's going to be a bit more 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 of an intelligent footballer where I think more blocker was more that straight line runner as well where they probably got in each other's way sometimes because they both want to do that outside role where Guion's probably a bit more clever and he's a bit more suited to that sort of inside forward sort of role. Well, obviously, we'll be back next week to discuss both of those games. But fingers crossed, we get 
Um, I don't know. Would you take two draws now, chaps? Nah, I want more. Two wins. Uh, okay. No pressure, okay. Chris. No, you're right. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be, this time of year especially, if you want to do anything and you want to achieve something, I think we have to look at, especially when we were playing, to no respect to them, we have to look, we have to go into these games we're looking for two wins. So there's not, we're not going to these games looking for draws. Well, that's that's fighting talk. That's what I like to hear. So, um, moving on, we'll, we'll come to you now, Chris. And obviously, um, I, I, I obviously looked at your bio, uh, and my first thought was, I'm going to have to mention how many cars have you gone through because you've done some bloody <laughs> mileage, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boris Green a couple of times, Coventry, Berry, Stevenage, Kilmarnock, and now Morecambe. I'm like, Gordon Benny, you've got a, I, I, you've got a compass. <laughs> yeah, I've kept it for a long time. It's nearly done two hundred thousand miles, so that's on the it's on his last death. So that's almost that's going into the couple of weeks, I think. Is it is it a diesel? Yeah, it's a diesel. It's the knack of a few miles. So it's done nearly two hundred thousand miles, so it's on it's on his last legs that one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously, there's there's a little bit of a West Country twang just still there, despite you moving around the country. Yeah, uh, and obviously you, you've had all these clubs. Your, your main your main establishment was when you were at Forest Green in the conference and then you, you went back to Forest Green in the league. But I noticed altogether 330 games and 20 goals. And I thought straight away, that's not bad. That's not, that's not bad. Do you fancy yourself from free kicks or are you pretty good from corners and what have you? Yeah, it was always, so I think it was at Coventry more and say I, we were like set up to be like corners that sort of aimed towards me a few times. So that was always nice when they say that it works out that way. You sort of get corner sort of aimed at where you're supposed to be going so I've always notched a few goals and I've always aimed to sort of you aimed for four or five a season so so I'm not really seeing what I've been fortunate to play in many games this season so I've always aimed for five and see if you're getting around there it's always a good return for a defender So I mean I, I, I think you had the end, of the, the end of the other week which then somebody cleared off the line but they didn't know much about it that, I thought that was going in as well Was that, that was you I, wasn't it? I was a bit baffled myself I think I've I did it on and I just thought, wow, what's a goal? I just turned around and I was like, send a faz. I was like, have you just cleared that yourself? I was like, well, how the hell's it not gone in? I was like, what? I was just so like, thinking, I've not actually seen it been deflected wide. I was thinking, what's happened there? But so their lad, it's just actually just hit their lad on the line. I was thinking that just sums it up really. You get, nice in the, you get a bit of luck every now and again. And that's, they were just fortunate that. say it's just literally just hit him and went over the bar. Yeah, he didn't know much about it, but fair play. <laughs> so as I, as I mentioned in the intro, um, you came to us at the start of the season. You played in a, a, a few of the pre-season games, but then Derek, as you said, he, he really did settle on a, a fairly, fairly solid side. Uh, and obviously, we performed pretty well up to a couple of games before Derek leaving. But then, inevitably, I suppose it, when you come to your stage of your career, you're thinking, well, when the pitches turn horrible and yellow cards kick in, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be, and so your opportunity will come. And you've bided your time and you've grabbed it with, uh, as I said, both feet. So um, you must feel happy, happier now because you're getting a game every week. Yeah, it was very frustrating. I, say, I, I was up in Scotland, and I, so I was driving back and forth from Scotland as well. So when you're not even playing, I tell you now, the drives back to Scotland weren't very nice. So no. it wasn't great. And it wasn't, it was, so I got, I was probably, yeah, I was very frustrated and very angry because you think you sign for a club and you, you want to play. So regardless who you are, what age you are, you want to play football. So, yeah, it was a tough time, and I was saying to the manager, "Say, look, I didn't sign up for this. Look, 
you persisted me. He wanted to sign me in the summer. It's come to this. And he settled his team very early. He spoke to me and said, sort of pre-season, said, I'm going to go with this team. And I've never known that before. I've never actually been at a club where in pre-season the team's been settled. Usually in pre-season you get your, you get, I'll have a look at everyone. Please, people say there's a balance of football, but we didn't have that. The manager said, said on, I'm going to go with this team. I want to get them sharp in pre-season. They, the team that started the season started the season played most of the minutes in pre-season. I, I said, I've never had that. So it was a strange one. And so sometimes you've just got to, Roll your season and get on with it, and I'd say you 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 wait for your time, but it took a lot longer than what I expected to get into the team. Uh, like I say, you, you've you've taken the opportunity now, and uh, Jed seems to have your he seems to have your trust now, which is obviously the change in manager and also the interest seems to have done you a favour because obviously uh, you, you you're looking pretty established, hopefully. Yeah, the gap has been good to me. I so when he come in, he was, he was coaching at the time and. So I got. I think we just clicked straight away. Sometimes you do with coaches, sometimes you do with managers. You get on well, and so me and the gaffer got on really well. Yeah, I enjoyed his coaching when he was coaching under Derek, and so when his transition to manager, you need your sort of senior players, and he leaned on sort of myself, Faz, Jan, and, and then sort of players and Donald because you, when he's this is his first time as a manager as well, so you need your senior pro to be on board and help the change room help that transition because we've got a lot of young players in that change room. We probably never been through a change of manager, let alone that sort of thing. So it was difficult and say I think that's what he's he's leaned on us, the senior players, and we've we've tried our best for him and saying it sort of new for us as well to have that sort of transition from a coach to a manager. So it's been good as soon as we've we've all enjoyed it and hopefully it carries on and continues for a long foreseeable future. So coming back to what you said earlier, you if you're now playing regularly, what's your target for goals from now to end of season? <laughs> yes, got left. Um, still got a fair few games left, don't we? So that's yeah, nice. have, yeah. always aim for five. So can't say two and a half. So we're aiming for three. <laughs> yeah, good effort. Good effort. No pressure. Uh, Joel, Chris is all yours. Talking of a bit of bad luck with goals, uh, I guess there's the the, the tramway one, which was you know what might have just been creeping in. Might have just yeah, I, think that, I think that was going in. Be my point five because that was probably going in, so that could be my. Yeah, it, it might have been the post. I was right behind it, and we were all convinced. But that that guy got such a good header on it, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. Asked, as well. So he had messaged me straight after the game. He was like, "Please tell me you not got. That. I've not been given that goal." And I was like, "I'm trying to claim it for you, mate." But yeah, it's my goal. Well, it's his goal, and say I'm, I'm good friends with the keeper as well. So it's just funny enough <laughs> that them two players, the guy who's headed it in, and the goalie, like, so good, two good friends of mine. <laughs> you know if you put in a delivery like that yeah you're bound to get something decent happen from it aren't you so uh but yeah uh it's i'm just kind of looking back at your career it's 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 actually had quite a uh a wit you've been present at a couple of really really significant uh welcome history moments which you might not be aware of uh jim no, has, I, I think i don't know what you're gonna say the one way i see you stayed up and that was one of the weird games yeah. i think i've ever played in my life yeah, yes. I was going to. I was going to ask about because we've had we've had a couple of players who were uh, we've had Aaron Wilding on. We talked to him about it from the walking yeah. perspective. But I guess my my take on the game was, I thought you had a bit of a go in the first half. Obviously, Baz has made a couple of really good saves, but then yeah. the second half it felt like a bit of a gentleman's agreement. It was, yes. Yeah, so I, I, it's funny. I actually come on twelve to Morecambe when I left Bolton when I was eighteen. I think eighteen nineteen. So I played alongside Jim Bentley and like in like friendly games and stuff like that. So I've always kept in contact with Jim, and so he was manager that day. So it was it was a strange thing. Like say he was always saying to me like, "Oh, come on, please let us like 
call me the draw, da, 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 all this sort of stuff. And it was, I think it was me and Kev Ellison on the wing. I mean, Kev just made yeah. an agreement. Kev, look, I won't go that way. You don't go this way. We just stand there and talk to each other the next 45 minutes. It was literally the weirdest 45 minutes of football ever. Because so we had a sort of go in the first half where we sort of tried to get the win. But say the second half was just the weirdest game of football. No one wanted to do anything. The ball was not really in play much. And I think I hope that, say the commentary fans are booing because they were like, what have we come to watch here? But I was like, well, we, we needed a draw. Everyone, it suited everyone. So we couldn't actually yeah, go. Exactly. We only needed a draw. So it was, it was it, just, yeah. It, it was, a, it was a strange game second half, but it, like like Joel's alluded to, uh, Barry Roach made a really couple of good saves, but then yeah, the, aforementioned, the aforementioned Kev Ellison had a, uh, went down the left-hand side, cut inside, and he hit the side netting. And, <laughs> and, and when he hit the side netting, everyone went, ooh, and it was almost like then Mark Robbins went, oh, they've got a threat. <laughs> they've yeah. got a threat. Right, shut up, shop. And <laughs> I do remember I was, I was doing the commentary at the time, and people were texting in. People were texting in. I was like, you know, it's it sounds really tense. And then I think Coventry brought a sub on who played on the left hand side. Yeah, about twenty minutes. Board. I remember it. He come on. Yeah. And like, what's he doing? And I was like, I don't think he's got. Yeah. I don't think he knows what's going on here. We've all been in agreement. Oh, he, he did. <laughs> he, he came on and, and legged it down the left hand side, and he got to the edge of the box and turned round, and there was nobody there. And he was looking at everybody going. What are you doing? And he hadn't <laughs> sussed out. No, the game's over, mate. And yeah. I'd said that on the commentary. I went, "What's he doing?" And, uh, and then you could see the bench going, "What are you doing?" Pass, and and then you ended up passing it back, and it went on the edge of your own D again. And I was like, "Oh, thank God for that. He's got the message." So it was one of the strangest, strangest games ever. But I think we took about eight hundred to that game, and I've never seen eight hundred people with bated breath when the sub came on going. Oh my God, he's attacking! <laughs> <laughs> it was just so. I remember coming on the time. And I, was, I think he just didn't get the message of what was happening on the game, and it was like, mate, just relax. Like nobody needs to win it. Just get on with it and just pass the ball around. It's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. But he was, he was a young lad, so I think he just wanted to come on and impress and say, it's, <laughs> if we had gone on and scored on that game, I think that'd have been absolute scenes after that. <laughs> absolutely bad. Last few minutes, so I'm glad nothing actually happened there. Yeah, I think. Uh, we, yeah, but by the way, quickly, just a quick caveat with with apologies to Barnet. But uh... <laughs> I, yes, I think Barnet said they tried to actually appeal to the FA after that, and then we actually there was things going on, and we were like, the games actually happened. Obviously, there's nothing you they can obviously do about it. But say it suited both parties for a draw, and it ended up being a draw. So there was actually things in the game where it could have gone either way. So it's just one of them games that say it suited both of us to get a draw. Yeah, and I, I guess you sometimes see middle of the season games that people just couldn't that could just kind of peter out. Nobody's quite, nobody's quite got it in them. I, I guess as well, you know, for you guys, you're, you're looking at a playoff, you know, a playoff campaign. You don't really want to be going in for that horrible fifty-fifty or absolutely burn your legs out down the wing, do you? Kev, I was like, Kev, I'm absolutely fine now. I got a game, but saving the playoff game was a few days after, so I was like, right, no, I'm absolutely fine. They just stand there, so you just stand there and I stand there, and it'll be absolutely great. So, kind of coming out from that Coventry season, I think, was it the next season you were at Berry for their promotion season as well? Yeah, so so I left Coventry, then Coventry got promoted and I had a chat with Mark Robbins and he said, your playing time would be a bit limited next season. So, yeah, I had another year in my contract that you don't have to go. But I was one of them. I just had my first child then. My wife's from up this way. She's from like Manchester way. So, it was one of them who sort of made a sort of decision to get near to one of our families. So, I've always been on the road. And so, I thought, right, Barry sort of suited it and it was a longer sort of contract. And I thought, right, well, so Barry having that time and then having a right go, they're paying very good money and it was a lot of good players in the building. I thought, do you know what? It's a 
chance of another promotion. And I thought, do you know what, let's give it a go. And so I went there and little did I know what I was walking into. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, I mean that, that's an interesting point, actually. So, obviously, the, the, the season's finished with promotion, but and then obviously the, in League... Were you were you there for League One uh, for any games in League One, or were you just kind of straight out the door in, in summer when it all kind of went a bit mad? Yeah, also I was there at Coventry like the League One the previous before when before we went down, but that season I left just the start of the season, so just as the season was kicking off, I left then left Coventry and went to Bury. So I didn't actually do any of that that season with Coventry. So the so the following season when you when you end up departing Bury, would did you? spend any time with Barry in League One or is it straight out the door in, in Barry, like, Barry went completely um bust in the in the off season so they actually didn't get to start League One. It was I left God when did I actually leave there? I think I left around sort of June sort of time. So just as it was we I waited long enough because I still had longer I still had a bit of time on my contract left. So I actually didn't want to leave. And so we've gone up to League One. None of the players actually wanted to go. We joined working for so it was Ryan Lowe as a manager. I actually loved it. So I didn't want to leave, but like I said I didn't get paid from this. It was around this sort of time. So January sort of time, we stopped getting paid and then we had to go the whole season with not being paid. So there was no way I could carry on with, so we left as long as we could, but there was no way we could all carry on playing like that. No, definitely not. And then obviously you've, uh, you've ended up at Stevenage, which is, yeah. I think was quite, no- obviously like, they were. Pay- I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they were paying you, but obviously that's that's another weird situation. I think they were in a bit of a downward slump, and mm. they've kind of been saved by Macclesfield going bust in the end. But I think that season you were also in the team for for what ended up being Jim Bentley's last game at Morecambe. Was it? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't actually know that one. So yeah, that was the Stevens one. Was just I joined them on the back of they finished just outside the playoffs that season when I joined them. And the season before, sorry, and they were like, right, we're going to have a right go the, going up again. And I was like, I've just come on the back of two promotions from League Two. So I was like, right, yeah, let's have another one. Why not? And I've gone there and it was completely different to what I, I was got sold. Well, I got sold the ideas and we really struggled and manager got changed. I think it was after 10 games and they brought in, it was Mark Sampson initially, then it was to Graham Wesley and Graham Wesley is very famous for what he is. And that was not, my cup of tea and I was driving down, say, as again, my travels, I was driving down from Coventry to Stevenage, which was over two hours a day. And I was, say, leaving my house at just before six and getting in the, getting in the house about eight, seven, eight o'clock. So that was never going to last with Graham Wesley like that. And I said, I've got I had two, I think I had two children around that sort of time as well. So it was like, it was never going to work. And thankfully, Forest Green come into me just in that January, I think it was right at the end of the January window. And I managed to get myself back out and say, join a club that I knew before. Yeah, and obviously with, with Forest Green, that was back towards the top of the top of the division. I think, especially at the time, they had a bit of a reputation for kind of playing out from the back. And you, you were at, was it middle centre back that you were generally playing with them? Um, so, sorry, one second, my phone just ringing here. No worries. <laughs> I think he was. Uh, I think he was paired with Faz then, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he might well have been actually. Yeah, Faz had a couple of years at FGR, didn't he? He did. So we'll have, have to ask him when he's told that person to get stuffed on the phone. James, <laughs> <laughs> are you hot? You're taking your kit off slowly, or are you just doing the stripper gram? The heating came on. It just suddenly oh, came oh, on. Oh, oh you little devil. My tiny room is warm. Yeah, little devil. Anyway, so, uh, hello, Chris, you're back. <laughs> uh, go, go with that one again. Sorry about right. Yeah, no. Uh, well, well, while you're, while you're off, uh, Freeze just quickly reminded us. Were you with Faz at... Uh... 
Forest Green. Yeah, I was, yeah. And Smudge was there as well. Adam Smith, the goalie, he was frozen out then. But it's funny enough, he was there as well, just as I joined. But he was just about to leave. So it was right at the end of that window. But I played with Faz for that's in just that. That was just so as COVID hit, so we didn't get to play many games together. But I actually played with Faz at Coventry as well. Oh, fine. Well, there we go. That's working out <laughs> quite nicely coming up here then. But uh, I, I guess what the stuff with Forest Green leads me to, I always felt like asking our, uh, our kind of any centre back we have on, what, what do you find? Because obviously at the time, especially Forest Green, we're always playing a back three and. Uh, yeah. And in your career, you played back fours and left back. So, what what are the kind of main differences that you find between kind of playing as a as a centre back in a back two and a centre back in a back three? So, I was say so at Forest when I played in the middle, and see the middle, you sort of see so generally you sort of just control the middle of the thing, and you sort of sweep up, and you let the two beside you is more of the attacking sort of side. When I've played it, say so the left and the right have been always in being encouraged to say get forward, and you sort of left to sort of pick up the pieces that are left behind. And so you usually have like, they wanted like an experienced sort of head there. So that's why I was put there. And, so I brought, and then on the left-hand side, I played left of a three when I was at Berry. And I say, again, I enjoyed that sort of tacking sort of side because I've come from a left-back. So sort of an easy transition to come from a left-back to a left of a three because I've always enjoyed getting forward. But I've always, so I've always been quite a physical, robust player as well where I've enjoyed that physical side. And it was, so that probably helped my transition from going from a left-back to a centre-half. So I've had that left of a three role and then, to to a middle of a three and then now you see when you're playing a back four it's a bit more of a full on centre half role than it is of when you're in a back three because you're sort of rotating quite a lot. Yeah, and I guess when you're in that left centre back role, you're kind of expected to do a bit more of the kind of one on one duels when 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 the wingers come down, they come inside a little bit. I guess you're yeah. kind of expected to take them on, aren't you? Say what fullback you're playing with, if if you've got an attacking fullback, you're sometimes left on that channel and then you're becoming like a left back. Or if you've got more of a defensive fullback, so you end up playing more inside the field because you're, your left back's near enough next to you. So it sort of all depends on the fullback you're playing with. And most analysis, they sort of they will tell you they want to be middle of the pitch. They don't want to be going out wide because when you get out wide, that's when you sort of get left one v one. You got there's some tricky wingers flying about, so you don't get <laughs> caught out there too much. No, yeah, I'd, yeah, <laughs> it don't look very fun that when you get caught out against a good winger. So uh, just kind of looking at. Uh, how you've been, you, you kind of career so far and all the experiences you've had, what are the kind of things that you think have kind of changed in your time in kind of League One, League Two, Low League, and obviously in Scottish Premiership, but what, what kind of, how do you think the standards and the styles have changed over the kind of, over the years that you've you've had your career? Um, Not massively, no, I won't say greatly, I say a lot of money's coming to it, especially the lower division now, so League Two was when I started playing Division 2, it was not what it was now. So we had like one team had a bit of money, had a go at it. But there's always say one or big one one or two big teams. But now you see you've got your Wrexhams, your sorry, seeing your Notts Counties, you've got your Stockports are throwing sort of championship money at it. And that's different. And so you've got players, very high profile players coming to the division now who are come towards the back end of a career, obviously want that money and trying to keep going again so that's probably the, one of the changes and then so yeah probably more a lot more youthful as well now a lot so more of the teams now we're looking to say what we've done here with say adam sold adam on for so good financial package for the club and a lot of clubs are looking at that way as well with promoting young players to sell them for the future because that's how clubs now like say like a morecambe and stuff like that so poor isn't it are going to keep going for the future because you have to 
if you want to continue with the financial times they are now after COVID, a lot, probably a lot of teams more looking towards that way of playing the younger sort of side and then moving them on. Nice, that's interesting. So just kind of back on the defending thing as well, actually, I meant to ask. Obviously, I think a lot of people talk about how how, how do you kind of see it with defending and, and how you sometimes have to react to situations. But I think a lot of the time, obviously, you, you kind of have to be proactive and read the game. And so how much, how much do you like to make sure you're kind of ahead of things and reading the game and stepping into things? Yeah, loads. And say so I think that's the more games you play, the more you get that sort of being proactive instead of reactive. I think that's the, the most of the same what you think from a centre-half. Most of your centre-halves in most teams are always the experienced ones, read the game well, because most times you get left on your own and you sort of, you, you can see a lot of the game, so you need to be controlling it from the back. And if you're not talking enough and you're not say, being, a, being a switched on and being proactive and reactive, and that's when things go drastically wrong. So, so you try as much as you can to, control from in front of you to make things say part of as well even happen so with that and that kind of communication and um, there was something that you, you were saying earlier about kind of learning other players games uh mm-hmm. and communicating them so it just kind of made me think when when, when you've got so many new teammates like you have done at the, in, in this latest window what are the kind of things that you're looking for in their styles of play and when you say you're learning their game are you kind of looking do they like to take it on like maybe towards like on uh, sorry what I mean is like do they like to take it wide a bit more do they like to come inside do they like to take things in the half turn or one sort of reference I will use, say I spoke to Guion just before the Mansfield game just sort of asked him say when I'm getting, coming up the ball where do you where we, where do you like to run do you like to stay wide or do you like to run in the field and he said I like to run in behind the centre half so I said to him right when I've got the ball and I've got a bit of time so he made that run and I don't know if you can remember it in the game I played one over the top over the centre half and Guion got to the end of it and he just had a sort of a bad touch and it ran up, ran up to the left so that's the sort of relationships you become you become, become second nature after a while because next time I won't even look so I just get the ball and it'd be like bang right there it is that's, that's that's the sort of the things you can build that just doesn't just happen you sort of have to work on them mm-hmm. so probably me and Guion being more experienced players that's come second nature but so when you've got the younger ones they play a bit more off the cuff and it's hard to know what they're doing because they're so raw and so they're just so excitable that you're thinking they don't even know what they're doing themselves sometimes <laughs> like an Adam it's like I think sometimes he's where he's so energetic and say Tom Blocks and they were just so energetic and so raw that they just got the ball and they were like bang bang it just happened and it's hard to work with them players because you're thinking but then sometimes it's actually great because you're just you're obviously blown away what sometimes what they do and that's why they've been such good players and I think more they play, the more they play the game, they become more switched on to when they have to run and when they don't have to run and what's come inside a bit more and stuff like that. But that comes with games, and that's probably the flip side of the youthfulness because it's it's so great to watch sometimes. But then again, it's so frustrating. I guess one one uh, that really springs out in terms of that kind of spontaneity and, and kind of hyperness. I remember Joe, Joe Adams in, in that Mansfield game as well, Joe Adams in, in those first 15, 20 minutes. It was like, I think that was that kind of, it was that personified really, wasn't it? It was just taking people on and absolutely going at people. And Mansfield didn't know what to do, didn't they? No, I, we, I think me and Guion both pulled him at half-time and said, shoot, just please when you shoot. Because I think he's, Ray's been so used to just dribbling with the ball and he's like, wants to take everyone on. I'm like, mate, just get out your feet. These lead two goalies, most of them have got no hands. So just shoot. <laughs> <laughs> shoot. So, like, I think he will learn that more and more. We said to him in trade, I think Eli took, 
took a little while as well. Well, that I said to Eli, just just shoot. And he started that. I said, more and more he played, he started shooting. I said, he scored, I think, a cracking goal at Doncaster. See, the more you shoot in this league, you, you score a lot of goals because the keeper are saying that a lot of keepers aren't very good. Do you make sure not to say that when uh, when uh, Adam or Stewart or uh, Archie now are around? I keep a hater all my life, and that I, I tell them all the time, so it's not they won't they won't be surprised at what I'm saying. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, back over to you, Freeze. Cheers. So, are you, presumably, are, are you, uh, if your wife's sort of Manchester based, are you still are you still around there now? Yeah, so we moved middle of December, so we've just moved down here. We just moved from Scotland, so. That was a bit manic around sort of Christmas time, trying to move and get settled as a family and getting some of boy into school and stuff like that. But so we're finally getting settled now. We've just unpacked all the boxes and getting ready to go. So it's actually quite nice to be settled. So, so that, that my next flippant comment is that that you'd rather buy a new house than a new car. So you move oh. from Scotland so that you can keep the car. Fair play. <laughs> well, yeah. So the car's going. So I'm in the market for a new car. So. Let's see what comes oh, up in the next. Oh, hey, we, we've got plenty of car dealers listening to this. Got, <laughs> <laughs> my way, please. <laughs> you might you might get staff discount. You never know. <laughs> right, we'll move on. Um, thanks for that, Chris. Uh, we've oh. got a situation where we've got James from the board. We've got a few things we need to talk about. First one, obviously, everybody's got on a, 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 the big news today. Uh, congratulations to Adam Mayer. A great move for him, a great move for Millwall, and obviously a good deal for us, James. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think um, the, the reality is that um, Adam's got huge potential. Um, he wasn't going to stay beyond next season, so it was a case of um, looking at, at, at the sensible offers in this window or in the summer. Um, and and yeah, we were we were pleased with um, with the conversations that, that that have been had over the course of the last couple of weeks, the last few days actually. Um, and it and it works out for, for Adam. He gets to go up into the championship um, with a club there that's got fantastic facilities, and, um, and 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 he can hopefully do really really well there, which will be to our benefit in the future as well. Um, but you know, these things are always undisclosed. But we're we're happy with 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 how it's turned out. Um, and given all of the backdrop and everything else over the course of the last few months, it's um, it's nice to get that done and 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 feel like there's been no impact of the backdrop. We've just, we've just done a good deal. So yeah, uh, it, it's good. And um, and as we said all the way through the last sort of four four and a half five years that that, um, that I've been involved, you want as many people as possible coming into local football club who want to go on and do well, who want to perform, yes. and, and kick on up. Because unless you're Real Madrid. Every single club in football is developing talent, whether it be players, whether it be coaching staff, whether it be people behind the scenes, for bigger clubs that can pay more money. And that's 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 the way the game is structured. So um, thrilled for Adam, wish him all the very best, hope he does fantastically well. Uh, but equally, really happy with how the window has gone in terms of bringing in um, players in in out wide to, to, to yeah. that, that role. And, um, you know, actually, Chris has talked about a couple of them um, during the course of this, this pod. So yeah, really, 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 really pleased and good to get it done and good that it's not like being done at like 10.30 on, on the Thursday night, which has been the case in a, in a couple of past years. I think the other thing to quickly say as well is that like Lee Davis, come on and talk well. Jack Kingdon's still currently doing well at Man United and in, in the pathways there. Sam LaBelle, Carlos, now, um, now Adam. The, the, the range of players that have come into Morecambe and developed um, via the academy or via just the general set and gone on and done well, it's 
it's becoming it's becoming a bit of a, a bit of a thing, and that's a good thing for Morecambe. That's a good thing for the club. It is. We need we need to be a factory to survive, don't we? Not, not necessarily a factory. Like we don't, we don't want to be like you know selling the family jewels every single year and losing four or five players. But you know if if there's a regular um, sort of progression of people who do really really well and then move on, then that does help massively, and that does help um, to, to to be more sustainable club. Um, and we're not we're not going to be a Stockport or a Wrexham or, or a club like that, as we've said for, for a few years. We want to be we want to do it the right way. We want to win and, and feel like we deserve to win rather than it's been bought. Um, and, and these things go a long way to helping that. And I think, I think, uh, and I think I'm okay in saying this, in the fact that I think we've been helped greatly by the simple fact that Adam is being in the championship at 19. He's not, he's not 20 till April, which is fantastic for him. But also, uh, Millwall were not the only suitors, which has, has kind of helped us, hasn't it? Really? Well, always. If you're selling a house or a car. Chris, when you come to sell your car, you want more than one person interested, don't you? <laughs> um, and if you're not got more than one person interested, you've got to be a really, really, really good negotiator. But if there's more than one interested, then it, it helps enormously. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, the more people who want to buy supply and demand economics, the, 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 better, the better it goes. Um, so, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll just be looking forward to uh, seeing who the next top property is, whether it's uh, Seoul or Cameroon or whoever. But... Um, you know, a, a, a big shout out to to uh, Wainers and everybody else from the academy because they've done a brilliant job with Adam getting you through. And and when you look back at, uh, like you say, the players, we go back to we go back to even sort of like our time in the conference when Jim Harvey gave youth the chance and Stuart Drummond and Gary Thompson went on to have great, you know, Dave Perkins all had great great league careers, quite high up championship, etc. So. Um, we've got a history of it, even when we were sort of like conference. So it's it's great that it's done. And I'm chuffed a bit for Adam. His family are absolutely lovely. Um, I've had a chat with them and they, they've always been really, really supportive of Morecambe. Uh, a couple of the fans were on, on to his dad saying, does that mean you're not coming to watch us anymore? And I was like, duh. <laughs> Although uh, getting to Millwall home games won't be quite as easy as getting from Liverpool to Morecambe. But yeah, good luck to him. So um, I'll come to you again, James. Now, uh, fi finally, finally, got we got a date for the fans forum. Yeah, yeah, I'm really pleased about that. I, I guess it's not that we've been avoiding doing a fans forum. We do the, these pods regularly, and we try and speak to people at, at, at home and away games as much as possible. It's not like we're not locking ourselves away in a room. But yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased there's a date for that. There'll be board and and, and manager of the fans forum. Um, open to questions, um, free tickets. As somebody pointed out, you might want to pick the tickets rather than get the postage. Um, but um, yeah, come, come along and ask us questions. That's, that's the whole point of it. Um, and I, I don't think we, we've ever hidden away from, from questions, but um, but it's nice to do it in person and do it in person on the Zoom. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, and it, obviously there'll be lots of questions uh, regarding... Uh, what's going on in the background, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you know, be be prepared for your armour that night. But I'm sure you've got all the answers. <laughs> Not necessarily got all the answers, but we can, we can be as we, we can be honest, and that's all I think anybody can ask of anybody, um, as honest as we possibly can. I think you know, as, as Charlie said um, over the last few weeks, as we've been open and saying, um, Jason wants to sell the club. We want to help him do that. Um, and the club and the fans and the community and everybody associated it wants a new owner to come in. So everybody's aligned in their, their desire or their objectives. Just got to make it happen. Um, and we, we, you know, we, 
we do have a, a bit of time, which is which is helpful. Um, you know, again, we're we're a sensibly run club, and we don't waste money on anything. And yeah, we we've got a bit of time. So um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll all work together to make it happen. People should come to the fans forum, quick and ready for anything they want, and um, and we'll, we'll answer questions honestly. I think one of the questions that fans forum is how, how much does Chris Stokes want for his car? <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would just I would just jump in and say that Chris was describing the younger players better how they go on the pitch and they don't really know what they're doing. And, uh, and then it's exciting and it's thrilling and they just run in and peer there and everywhere. I'm 48. I still play football like that. And the <laughs> guys, There's hope for you, yeah. The ones I play with are like, you literally are like playing with a 15-year-old. Like you, you don't know what you're doing, do you? I, I know, I don't. I just go run around. <laughs> I'd like to come and watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's not a pretty sight, honestly. I, 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 was, I was barely good enough for Sunday league, let alone Saturday. Oh, right. oh yeah, it just sounds like it could be a, could be a, worth a, a quick video on uh, TikTok in the UK. Hey, uh, I'm still playing at 48 in a full morphing kit, so I'm 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 winning, oh. I'm winning some small way. Full kit W, really. And finally, Joel, uh, obviously the Trust came out with a statement last week uh, and there's nothing really to add to that, but obviously read the statement. Yeah, I think the statement will probably word it better than I will on here. But yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's something that's been discussed. There's kind of been like a, a subcommittee set up to look at this whole kind of protesting, uh, the chatting with local authorities, they've got a meeting with the police. So to, just to make sure that the feasibility of everything, that it's not going to suddenly incur a, a, a massive load of costs that's going to be unhelpful to the situation so yeah they're just going to go in going through the due, due diligence of you know seeing what the situation is and obviously yeah they'll kind of uh update further when uh when they've got a bit more information on that and that completes this edition of shrewdnet my thanks to our guests joel as always uh the lovely james from the boardroom who uh, always gets a bit of flack for his full kit uh, and Chris, first time on it. Um, so when you, when you get back in the car and go to training tomorrow morning, you can say to to Jed and Charlie, "Oh, you need to go on that because it's uh, it's quite good fun." I mean, you can lie, obviously. <laughs> we don't mind you lying, but thanks for doing this. Um, it gives us and the fans watching and listening an insight into what makes people tick. And I think that's in this day and age with all the media. I think it's really really important that that. Um, you know, when you talk about your, your kids and your family and stuff like that, it, it, it's important. You're, you're human beings and you're just normal blokes like the rest of us. Um, and, and I think that's 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 what makes Morecambe FC the place it is and League Two football you can touch. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. This has been Shrimpnet. No, according to Charlie, this is Shrimpnet 100, but I think it's 101 because we did one where I couldn't get on when I was on the road to Swansea. So I think it's 101. So it's room 101. So it's probably been crap. See you next week. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs>